You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Sit down! Now! Don't ever tell me no again on my own show. <laughs> and Matty Rose. I might dress up as a child and give me some candy. That's weird. <laughs> on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour two. It's Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. In about 20 minutes, uh, the host of Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet radio and television network, Jeff Blair. Like, this Shohei stuff is getting serious. I am so all into now. I Like, I told myself, don't don't get in. Don't Dang. believe it. Don't do it. Don't do it, George. Feeling less likely to get burnt. Because there don't hasn't do it, been Georgie. anything put out there to say otherwise that the Blue Jays are not even the second favorite to the Dodgers. They're either like the co-favorite. Like that's how they're billing it. And you and you brought up a great point, Patrick, talking about how calm Ross Atkins looks. He looks like he looks confident. Mm-hmm. Like sure, he was, you know, saying nonsense like he usually does and tells you nothing. But man, he looked confident doing it yesterday. Yeah. Very coy, very sly. Be awesome if they signed him. We got a text too. Oh, that, that contract's not going to age well. Who cares? He's the most fascinating player in baseball. Like, watch. He's the most interesting player we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Like, Let him be a Toronto Blue Jay. That would be cool. He's only 29. He'll be 30 next July. Yeah, and he's um, an incredible athlete. He's probably he's unicorn. not pitching this season. So what? That's okay. He can probably hit 40 bombs. Exactly. Because yeah. it's just like we mentioned his stats. His slash line at Rogers Center is disgusting. It's, yeah. it's so... he's, And then in two years when he can pitch again... Like who knows? Like so, so. What if the Blue Jays are throwing Springer, Vlad, Bo, and Shohei at you as your top four? Pretty good. They'd probably hit a few dingers. Yep. Probably, probably won a few games. Yeah. Probably won a few games. Put Shohei between Vlad and Bo. Put Bo in the two hole. Put Shohei third. Hit Vlad cleanup. Although Vlad doesn't like any cleanup, but who cares? You have Shohei Otani. Vlad's gonna like what I tell him. Yeah, right? he's gonna like it. <laughs> Shut up and like it. These are all things we can talk to Jeff Blair about. Uh, we're also giving away um, day three. Of our um, 12 Days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Uh, we're asking you, uh, after last night's 5-2 defeat to the Minnesota Wild, uh, the Flames start games like it takes me to start blank. The Flames start games like it takes me to start blank. 960-960, you have to put in your name and location to win the prize. We're also playing Impossible Flames trivia at around 840-ish this morning because our big show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, the Cobra, mm will be joining us in studio. He loves to play Impossible Flames trivia. He loves it. Oh, yeah. He just eats it up. Num, yeah. num, 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 oh, num, num. That's what he does. It's his favorite. He loves it. He just eats it up yep. all day, every day. Um, Flames lose 5-2 last night to the Minnesota Wild. Flames, man, they came out flat as a pancake yesterday. And I don't know what it is about uh, them and these starts lately and giving up the first goal. Uh, it's definitely a thing. For this Flames team now, uh, this season, um, they've given up the first goal in 16 of their 25 games. And the most alarming stat, 12 of their last 15, which I think is a really interesting dichotomy with how, Maddie, you brought up this good point. They talked about it on the broadcast last night, how Ryan Huska does a terrific job of managing the bench and, and has a feel for the game on who's going and who isn't in the third period. That's why the Flames have had all these comeback victories. But obviously we know in the NHL, and it's just numbers because numbers don't lie, you don't score the first goal, you're behind it already. And statistically, you're going to lose a lot more games than you're going to win. But what is it about the starts? Can you can you figure it out? Like, is there can you put a finger on anything from a team and, and a head coach that gets his team, you know, 
coaches them essentially back into games in the third periods. Mm-hmm. Why do they start so flat? I don't get it. Well, I don't know if they're I – don't, I don't think that those two are necessarily one in the same as far as things that a coach can do. Like, I think that a lot of the kind of back-end third period stuff is is not necessarily just – understanding who's going and who's not. I think any coach can watch his team and understand that, but it's more the X's and O's and, and how the other team is operating and, and what combinations can do what to try and attack the weaknesses of the opposition. And, and you know, he, he does that well, as well as identifying who's going and who's not. But the harder part is getting your guys to, to kind of break down that wall early on. I find that, you know, long home stands, guys can maybe not get comfortable get a little cozy at home, you know, and, and, and that perhaps can affect the start of games. They've been able to hang around because, you know, Markstrom played really well in that game back on Monday. And then you have a little bit of a shaky kind of start to the second period for Vladar, but he was really good in the first to keep that game close. Yeah. And again, we'll be talking to Brent Cron about uh, Dustin Wolf and Dan Vladar and the injury to Jacob Markstrom. But, again, I think that's kind of lost in, in what we saw last night. Vladar was excellent in the first period last night. He was solid. He was really good. And then in the second, it, it just kind of fell apart. He, he kept him in the game when he wasn't getting any help. From guys team, were not playing very well. Yeah, but I, I really did not like that third goal. It's, yeah. it's really not good. And that was the backbreaker, too. Yeah, it comes 45 seconds after the other goal. Yeah. Like, I, I, I totally agree. It's not on him, but that one hurt. Yeah, it didn't hurt you as much as the back-to-back penalties, and, and then the the fourth goal. I don't know. That was another moment where, as, as soon as you started to get any little bit of momentum, something would happen, and, and they would start to lose it. As far as starts go, I, I think it's one of those things that almost your captain and your leader, in that sense, has to be the guy who's kind of getting y'all geared up, because the coach can only go in there and say so much be, before. I think after a certain time, he starts to tune it out. It's on the players to make sure that you're ready. Like what what the coaching staff can do is make sure that you have the information, make sure that you have the game plan, make sure that it's communicated well to you so that you have all the information properly prepared. But as far as your willpower, your energy level, and being able to go out of the gate, that's on the players. I don't know what else Ryan Huska can do, and I, I don't necessarily see a correlation between how you start a game and how you end a game as far as what a coach managing it can do. Uh, I know Kelly Rudy was talking about it on the broadcast last night, how that if you give up that first goal, it's a thing that festers in a dressing room. It's something the guys think about and they're constantly reminded of. Uh, that's something we'll ask Croner coming up, uh, the Cobra, uh, coming up at 8 o'clock uh, about starts and how aware are guys that, again, giving up the first goal in 12 of your last 15 games, that's a thing. And obviously, if if it wasn't for maybe that, the Flames probably winning a lot more of these games in this very, very difficult stretch they're going through right now with this homestand against some very good opposition. And Minnesota came in last night. They 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 really gave it to the Flames. They, they cut out. I, I thought they did a great job of just limiting the Flames to basically nothing in the first two periods. They, they were cutting down the neutral zone. I thought their angles were great. I think the Flames really didn't generate much. I thought the best player on the ace for Calgary heaven forbid, was Jonathan Huberto last night. Showed some physicality, showed some bite to his game, mm-hmm. made some nice plays, finding a real nice spot on that line with Michael Macklin and Blake Coleman. I wonder who said that they should probably put that guy there. I, I hate that you take credit for this. Like, it's some sort of, like, 
like I was you, ahead like, of the curve. Like, like you put I, a defenseman up on the forward no, line. Like, but, oh my goodness, how could that? How could this work? Like, well, it, it's not like. By, some, by the way, they they wanted to. Uh, that was a thing they talked about in Toronto while I worked there. Is they should put four forwards on the ice at once and have one defenseman. That's actually well, that a was thing they talked earlier about. this year too. They talked yeah. about that with Mitch it's Martin. insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's insanity. But uh, got to get creative. I was I ahead guess. of the curve on this. Sure. I was. Yes. Like put put Huberto with Backlund and Coleman and stick them together unless he because that line is working. Mm-hmm. Although Coleman takes another undisciplined penalty, but you kind of liked it. You want to hear my theory about who should start and how it should go the next two games? Yes, you tease this. I I would like to hear this. So the Flames play the Hurricanes on Thursday. Uh, St- Stanley Cup favorite every year. I keep hearing the Hurricanes. The Hurricane always just I just laugh every uh, the, the Stanley Cup favorite. Watch over the Hurricanes in the East every year, and then they always fall flat. Uh, the Devils on Saturday afternoon, two o'clock start. Weird start. Here's my theory on this is the order how they should start the next two games. Vladar should get the call Thursday because it really wasn't his fault last night outside of that third goal, I guess. And Dustin Wolf should start Saturday. You know why? And this is a very loose theory I have right now. He's used to playing afternoon games because of all the times he did that in the American Hockey League. Because it does mess around with dudes' body clocks. Afternoon games are a weird thing. And if you look at last season, for some reason, when the Flames played in the afternoon, it was a goal fest. I don't know what it was. Remember those games in Dallas? It was a goal fest. The game against Tampa last year during the afternoon, goal fest for the Flames. I don't know what it is about these afternoon games. If there's one guy on this team who knows how to get himself ready to be at his best in an afternoon game, it's Dustin Wolf. That's my that's my rationale behind this. Vladar Thursday night, give him another shot. Wasn't your fault we lost to the Wild. We weren't helping you out. Get him uh get him the start against the Canes on Thursday night and then Wolf in the afternoon spot which he's used to against the Devils on Saturday. What say you Matt Rose? Yeah, sounds good to me. I sure. I like I've talked about many times on this program. When Jacob Markstrom is the starting goalie, I think you should start him basically every time that you can while also giving him rest. Apart from that, I leave it up to the coaches. I leave it up to Siggy and then the rest of that goaltending department. That seems like a, a, a good enough reason for sure. I don't know what Dan Vladar's career numbers are against the Hurricanes or the Devils. That's something that I know the team definitely likes to take into account as well. He doesn't have too many starts in the NHL, so I'm sure it's a very small sample size. Well, he did play out in Boston, though. Where uh, Dan Vladar is 1-0 and in his career against the New Jersey Devils. There you Ooh, go. Okay. It was 3-0, uh, or rather, it was a... Uh, don't know the score, but they did win over the Devils back in October of 2021. Okay. Uh, and Dan right. Vladar versus the Hurricanes. Yes. Um, this is important because it is. It, it's if he's really not, if he just numbers are like, good against Hurricanes, like, then your story, then your idea goes out the window. This and, is and, like, we gotta, and we got to do a whole listen, show on this. This, this is like Daryl Sutter, big brain stuff. Yeah. Last really, year. Dan Vladar's not good against the Hurricanes. Uh-oh. 0-2 oh uh, with a 4-5 goals against and mm. a save percentage of 8-7-1. They lost. Uh, November 26th and January 7th uh, of 2022 to the Hurricanes. Nine goals right. against in those games. I don't know. They don't play the Hurricanes pretty you, well. I don't know what you lean towards there. I'm telling you, I like the afternoon vibes for Dustin Wolf to play the afternoon game on Saturday against the Devils. You get yep. the Hurricanes on a back-to-back. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll see how, how they go tonight in, in Edmonton. Watch Markstrom be back for Saturday. Yeah, I'm back, guys. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about Put it. It wasn't that bad. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's a broken finger, but it was blocker. bleeding. Fractured. Not broken. Fractured. fractured. It's different. Fractured. Is it? Yeah, fractured mm. is different than a broke. 
Break? Well, he's more of a crack. Well, no, no the, the, uh, I don't. A know. fracture is yeah. kind of like the medical term for a break. Oh, okay, so like contusion okay. is the term for bruise. bruise. Like it's yeah, or bruise. Like you can yeah. break your leg, but doesn't have to break in half. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. different types of uh, fractures. Yeah, like yeah a it's different. Fracture. Okay, hold on, yeah. hold on. Hairline fracture. Yeah. Yeah. I had one of those. I had a green stick like fracture a when I was a yeah. kid. By yeah. the way, there's some medical professionals listening to this. Go, you guys are idiots. Oh, I love when we talk medical. Just so that yeah, exactly. Testicular torsion. Yeah, listen. I've seen yeah, yeah testicular torsion. Wildly reckless of you two. Yes. Grabbed his his, his you yeah. know what? <laughs> he did. I'm sorry, he did. He grabbed the old berries, and that's not core. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not core. Uh, I'm gonna float. I'm gonna float You're my so sassy when you said that. I'm gonna float. And that's not core. I'm gonna. F- I know. I watched. I saw what he grabbed. All right. Good point by you guys. I'm going to float my uh, Dan Vladar uh, Thursday night, Dustin Wolf afternoons, because he used to playing during that time. Uh, to it's, sol- it's solid, yeah. Okay, thank you. The, the other thing, too, is that, like like I said, the, the numbers against the opponent, but it's like a small sample size, that. so I don't yeah. know. Is there a possibility uh, Wolf gets both games? Ooh. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah, there is. And I know uh, Eric and uh, Ryan were talking about it during the intermission. Eric's where... like 80-20 Vladar here. He, he like was, Vladar yeah. should get yeah. the bulk of the work because he's kind of earned it based on being the backup of this team, and you got to give him kind of like the bit of a longer leash. But Ivanka uh, Osmak threw Kelly Rudy on the spot on Sportsnet Central yesterday, and Kelly said maybe you go with Dustin Wolf or or what Eric and and Ryan were saying uh, essentially was uh, play the hot hand. Whoever gets hot, well, stick with them. Hey, like if you Vladar, wanna, you want to find out what you got in Dustin Wolf at the NHL? Absolutely. Level but if Vladar shuts out the Hurricanes on Thursday night. Tomorrow night gets another start, I would imagine, I right mean, away. Well, the Hurricanes put like 46 shots on the Jets, and they were only get, able to get one goal. Yeah. Um, I had an old friend. That was I had an old friend text me yesterday that. An the, old friend. Or Brissois, the Flames should uh, stop trying to play Vidar to boost his trade value and just deal him and move on to Wolf. And okay. I, went, Everybody I don't just, know. It's tough to make trades, man. Everybody just wants. I think like, Elliot brought it up yesterday, with, or Jeff Merrick brought you it up see, with like, Elliot what, yesterday. With the Hawks, did they got to move out a lot of money? Now that te- the teams are aware that, hey, the cap's going up 4.2 million, you might start seeing some Ooh. teams uh, want to extend some guys or possibly start making some trades just or at because least they know the money is going to be there next year. You at least have those discussions with your players yes. now that you understand how much is more, and that can kind yeah. of frame what your decision-making is moving forward here. Um, well, I don't think we're going to get a lot before the holiday freeze, though. Yeah. Um, a ton more uh, to discuss on this Flames 5-2 loss to the Wild last night. Our uh, Flames big show analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, the Cobra, will join us in studio coming up. Uh, we're going to give away uh, day number three of our 12 Days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. We're asking you, uh, the Flames starting lately? No good. Uh, the Flames start games like it takes me to start blank. The Flames start games like it takes me to start blank. 960, 960, name and location. But straight ahead, Shohei Otani talk with Jeff Blair. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan at the top of the hour. Our big show, Flames analyst, the Cobra. Mr. Brent Cron will join us in studio. Break down the 5-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild last night. At 8.30, we'll play Impossible Flames trivia. But to wrap up this hour, it's day three of our Wild Rose Brewery, 12 days of Christmas. We're asking you at 9.60, The Flames start games like it takes me to start blank. The Flames start games like it takes me to start blank. 9.60, 9.60, you have to toss in your name and location. 
to win the prize. But right now, all these Shohei Otani rumors are awesome. It's 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 getting serious right now. And when I think of serious Blue Jays rumors, I think of one man. He is the host of Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Holland. And we say good morning to Mr. Jeff Blair. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing well, fellas. How are you? Like are you, everybody else. Are you, are yes. you get are you getting sucked waiting? Are you getting suckered in like I am? Like is this maybe uh, this is it feels like this can actually happen, Blair. I I I I I said to myself, I'm not going to get suckered in. I'm not going to jump in the boat and flop around. But I'm in the boat flopping around right now. I'm all in on this rumor, Jeff. Yeah, I'm trying hard not to. But um, I mean, like most people, I still think. Well, you know, based on everything I thought in the middle of the season, I haven't changed my thinking that the L.A. Dodgers probably still uh, represent the easiest move, I guess, if I want to put it that way, for Shohei Otani. You know, I, I think something that, that has kind of emerged in the last couple of weeks has maybe caused me to change to change my mind a bit. And, um, I mean, normally when, you know, when somebody comes on like Ross Atkins did and, and said, you know, we, you know, we gave the guy a tour, well, he – not gave the guy a tour, but basically says that they're really impressed with their, um, you know, training facilities in Dunedin and, you know, goes out of his way to make the point that the Jays last year were the best team in baseball in terms of monitoring pitching injuries and keeping their pitchers healthy, et cetera, et cetera. When I hear stuff like that, part of me, part of me makes me think that maybe, Shohei Otani is approaching this a little differently than we may have originally anticipated. And, you know, I, I, I spoke to someone yesterday who's no longer with the Blue Jays, but was a front office person for a long time. And, and he, he posited the possibility that Shohei Otani's approach is this. Um, he, you know, is, is, has had some sort of elbow surgery. He's not going to pitch this year. So he's going to need to go to a place that will let him hit and kind of recover the pitching at his own pace. Now, the one thing the Blue Jays can do is they can go to Shohei Otani and say, look, we'll give you, you know, $50 million a year, because I think if you're still in it at this point, you're, you're probably willing to go at least $50 million a year to get this guy. But what the Jays can say to him is, look, we need your bat this year. You know, we quite frankly, we don't need your arm at all. You know, the Jays pitching staff is returning intact from last year. And even if Alec Manoa is, is traded or isn't any good, they've got more than enough pitching to, to go in a postseason run, you know, provided the manager leaves pitchers in long enough when they're pitching. Well, I mean, they've, they've got more than enough pitching to go in a postseason run. So uh, the Jays can say to Otani, look, we just want you to hit, leave your glove at home, uh, come here, hit in the middle of our order, do what you got to do to get ready, use our rehab facilities. You know, if we have to fly you down to Dunedin uh, once a week or something like that, so you can use the pitching lab, we'll do that. They've apparently set up some sort of pitching lab at the Rogers Center this year now with the refurbishments. So it's basically they can say to Shohei Otani, oh, all we need you to do is hit. If you, if you can pitch for us in 2025, okay, then we'll start, at that point, you start thinking about Shohei Otani, the unicorn. This year, you think about Shohei Otani, the hitter. 
And part of me wonders, as this person pointed out to me, you know, maybe Shohei Otani's approach is this. Look, I kind of don't know where this pitching thing is going to go from here. Let me sign a contract with the team that is devoted to getting me healthy again as a pitcher, a team that is contending, a team that, you know, gives me a chance at winning a championship, and maybe I'll structure the contract so that there's an opt-out after three years. And Shohei's going to get his $50 million a year up to that point. Um, you know, it, the opt-out would allow him, and again, I'm just using three years, but the opt-out would allow him to know that he's going to have at least two years to pitch after this year. You know, one of those years, he's going to be in a good team with Vladdy and Bo. They'll still be here. So I think, I'm wondering if maybe this isn't a little more complicated than people are making it out to be. You know, if it was Scott Boris, it would simply be, who's going to give you 12, mil- 12 years and $50 million a year? Okay, great. Right. Let's, uh, let's, wait. Let's, wait. let's wait two weeks before we sign it to build up the drama and then sign it. So I, I kind of wonder if maybe part of the reason for this is it's not a little more complicated than people are, are making it out to be. And that would, of course, you know, that would, of course, fit the Blue Jays' uh, timetable tremendously. Um, you know, if I'm the Blue Jays, tell you what, if I'm the Blue Jays and Shohei Otani is willing to turn it into effectively a three-year guaranteed contract, with maybe you know vesting options based on how many pitches, then I might go to Shohei Otani and say, you know what, I'll pay fifty-five million in the first year of the deal they hit. Yeah, like th- th- there's so many layers to this, Jeff, and it's so fascinating. I just want to make a quick comment, get your uh, thoughts on it, and then I want to ask you another question about this. Um, when it comes to Shohei and his decision making, I feel like this has a lot of Kawhi Leonard vibes after the Raptors won the World a championship. It's like, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? What is he going to do? And everybody's just overthinking his decision-making. But this is the one thing I keep getting back to with Shohei. He chose the Angels originally. Like, he didn't go to the Dodgers. He didn't go to the Yankees. He didn't follow in Ichiro's footsteps and went to the Mariners. He picked the Angels. So I'm not sure he really cares about these big-time blockbuster cities that he wants to play for that. Maybe he wants to play for an entire country what he would that he would here in Canada. Maybe he wants to do that. Maybe that's just better for his brand. Another question I want to ask you, would it be the worst case scenario if Shohei Otani ends up being the closer of the Toronto Blue Jays too, throwing a hundred miles an hour out of the bullpen? I love that. Um, I, I love the second point. It's something I've talked about. Uh, I know Jack Curry of the yes network uh, reported that he spoke to uh, a, you know, a former manager and, and knowing Jack as I do, and he's, one of my closest friends in the business, I'm willing to bet that manager was either Joe Madden or Buck Showalter. Joe Madden, of course, has managed Shohei Otani. And, and the manager said the same thing. The people are kind of losing sight of this here. It's entirely possible that Shohei Otani uh, does, as part of his process of working back into uh, you know, a pitching role, does end up being a closer. And when you think about it, it makes a certain amount of sense. Um, you know, that, that again, though, that's the, the, the way a closer maintains his arm is different than the way a starting pitcher maintains his arm. And I just don't know how, 
you know, what would Shohei after his last DH at bat in the seventh inning run down to the bullpen to start warming up to come in and close? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, the logistics of it, I think, are a little complicated. But I, I'm not, I know, listen, I'm not dismissing it. But it's fascinating, too, it at, at the same time, Jeff. That's the oh, cool thing about all of this. you got to do it in Tampa where you can yeah. warm up right beside the bullpen or right beside the no, dugout. It, 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 listen, it, it, it absolutely is. And it's something I've often wondered that maybe, you know, it's something he entertains – uh, you know, something he entertains down the road. Um, you know, he wouldn't be the first guy to, to do that, to make that transition. You know, guys like John Smoltz have done it. Now, of course, they didn't play every day. But that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a real thought. And, and as far, George, as, as, as picking Anaheim goes, yeah, you know, it, there, there's kind of a lot of – uh, this is really kind of bothers me because a lot of it's coming from writers I really like and really respect. But, you know, the last couple of days we've, we've, we've been inundated with stories about people who are at the winter meetings complaining that nothing's happening and, and basically saying Shohei Otani's taken all the fun out of this. But, but this is kind of, you know, first of all, it's a big business decision. You know, secondly, the decisions are being made to make teams better. They're not being made to keep the writers busy. And, you know, and I say that as a former writer who spent way too much time in that stinking Opryland during the winter meetings. So I understand. Did you ever go on the water slide? I, had, I did not go on the water slide. Okay. I did go on the uh, I did go on the boat ride. Okay. Um, All right. It's like the, the Stockholm Syndrome was invented in, 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 in wow. the Opryland Hotel. That's... But anyhow, um, all that aside, I love yeah, the boat I mean, ride. Anyway, go ahead. All that, all, all that aside, uh, all all that aside, you know, it's yeah, he's he's a different guy, and that's why I think the possibility of the Blue Jays, it, you know, and 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 Shohei Otani intrigues people because he's he's. We just we've never seen a player like this before, so it stands to reason that we've never seen a free agency like this before. And again, I also I've got to say this, you know, his agent is um, <laughs> his agent is playing this perfectly, you know, and and, and it, it, it's interesting because he he's a big agent. Nesbaleo's got a lot of big clients. He's not Scott Boris, mind you, and he doesn't you know suck all the oxygen out of the room when he walks into it. But I think his agents played this. I think his agents played this really well. And your Anaheim point is well made. Uh, I just, I, I've kind of felt someone told me going into this, believe everything you read, believe nothing you read. Hmm. And that's kind of the approach I've taken on this. It's, it's fascinating with Nez and, and the secrecy around this entire ordeal. Do you think this is good for the sport? Do you think this is bad for the sport? And how do you think front offices are looking at this entire kind of just this mystery around the entire situation? I mean, I, I think I, is, it, is it good for the sport? Wherever Shohei Otani signs, it's going to be good for, for the sport. Um, you know, the, again, this, this idea that, well, you know, it's not as much fun as the NBA's free agency. And, and, you know, I, listen, nobody, the, the teams that finished second in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, they're not going to sell extra tickets and extra jerseys and extra right. merchandise because they finished second in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Like there's just, it, it's, it's a silly argument. It, it's just a, a silly argument to make that, that uh, oh, that somehow this has taken the fun out of it, and it's not as dramatic as it. I would argue it's more dramatic than any free agency I've been around because we just don't, we just don't have an idea where this guy is going to go. Like every Scott Boris free agent, you kind of have an idea a week in mm-hmm. where they're yeah. going to go. 
you just do. And, and same with a lot of other free agents. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, this is just, it's, it's such a different thing that I, it's, it's kind of gone the way I assumed it would go. You know, I'm not reading a great deal into this whole narrative that Dave Roberts may have screwed things up for the Dodgers by saying what he did. I'm not buying that for a second. I think people are getting a little, people are taking Passant, Jeff Passant's report a little too literally. And I mean, I've spoken to Jeff about this. I think what Shohei Otani said is, look, Shohei Otani's people, they don't want the details divulged. They don't want people to know where they were, when they were there, how much they're talking about. That's what they're talking about when they're saying we don't want stuff leaked. I don't think that Shohei Otani at the end of the day is going to say, boy, L.A.'s given me more money, bigger years, won't have to move. Uh, but boy, Dave Roberts said those said those six lines at the winter meetings. I'm, I'm not going there. Like, come on. Come on. Um, you mentioned that if he does sign with the Blue Jays, he gets at least two years with Bo and Vladdy, one would assume. Uh, after that, they're both free agents. How would this contract affect that next kind of free agency situation for both Vladdy and Bo? See, I, uh, but that, that's, that's a really good question. I think that depends on what else the Blue Jays do. Like if they sign Shohei Otani, um, I, I don't, you know, that that's not going to be the end of it. I I think they're going to make a serious attempt to try to move George Springer's contract. They don't have to, but there's not a lot of free agent outfielders out there right now. And there are a lot of teams that currently need an impactful bat in the outfield. So I, I think there's a couple of things they can do. I also think, guys, that the organization's probably made up its mind about what it's going to do with those two guys. And my thought process is that they're probably going to focus in on getting Bo signed to a long-term extension. Uh, I mean, he's already done one extension. I think he's probably the guy they'll deal with first, and then they'll kind of let they'll kind of let Vladdy play it out. I don't think the two things necessarily tie together. Um, you know, look if 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 Otani signs here and Vladdy has a great year. Then we can, you know, then we can kind of change the narrative a bit. But let's also keep in mind that this front office, if they don't, if they don't win a playoff series, or at least, you know, or if they don't go to the World Series in the next two years, they're not going to be around to clean up the mess. Like they'll be gone. So you you kind of reach that stage with every front office, and even when Alex Anthopoulos is here, you reach that stage where, you know what, I might as well go all in and sacrifice the future a bit because if this doesn't work, I'm not here in two years. Anyhow, it's going to be someone else's mess. And I think we're at that stage with, with Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. Um, you know, the refurbishments are done at the Rogers center. Now this was the big thing Mark was responsible for, for the past three years, the Rogers center is going to be done start of the year. Uh, at, at that point, you have to ask yourself, okay, the team doesn't win at, at what point, does ownership decide that they need to make a move in the front office? So, I mean, there's a lot of timetables and a lot of agendas at work here. Uh, this is just so incredibly fascinating to me. Um, how much does Rogers, um, and I know Edward loves owning the team. That That's what I've heard for years when I worked in that mm-hmm. market. But how much does, does Rogers looks at him as potentially being the face of Rogers here, because I think the blue Jays and the company aren't stupid. What kind of money, you know, selling the streaming rights back to Japan. I'm sure there'd be a ton of Japanese advertising at the Rogers center. Yeah. We throw around numbers like $600 million, which just average Joe's like us can't comprehend. 
but the the Blue Jays and Rogers is a business first and foremost. And Jeff, I think they just see a ton of opportunity here and a ton of alternate revenue streams that it gets to a point now where like this is a really smart business decision by us just to bring this guy in. Yeah, listen, I I know that the Blue Jays and Rogers have had teams working on the you know the economic benefits of Shohei Otani. Like this hasn't. Mark Shapiro didn't just walk into the you know to the Rogers building and say, guys, this is how much it's going to cost us to sign Shohei Otani. Pony up. Um, you know they they've made a business case as well as a baseball case. Uh, you know I think a lot of people are involved in this in this whole thing. A lot of people were involved in the pitch to Otani. You know, there's a couple of things that work here. One, uh, yeah, there'd be more advertising revenue. I, I don't know about the whole merchandise thing because my understanding is most of the added merchandise, most of the merchandise sale ends up going to Major League Baseball and everybody shares in it. Um, I, I don't know about the necessarily how, you know, the broadcast broadcasting rules would would affect um, what the Jays can do with Otani in Japan. Like there, there's there's a lot of stuff going on there, but clearly, clearly from a brand point of view, yeah. if you can get, if you can get the, I mean, let's just say it, he's, he, I call him the greatest baseball player of all time. Not yet. He could potentially be the greatest baseball player of all time. He's certainly the only baseball player that the rest of the world is on a one name basis with, right? Yeah. Like you say, Shohei, Everybody who's a sports fan knows who you're talking about. Yeah. There's nobody else in baseball like that. I mean, the last baseball player to probably have the brand power that he does was Ken Griffey Jr. So, yeah, there's, listen, publicly traded company, communications company, there have to be a lot of tie-ins here, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're also, we're a multi-ethnic country. And, man, you've got a guy who, let's face it, he's a good-looking guy. Uh, you know, he seems to have a lot of fun. He's always smiling. I mean, all that good stuff. He'd be a perfect brand ambassador for you. So, um, yeah, I I think you're right. Listen, for a lot of ways, in in a lot of ways, I think he makes more sense for the Blue Jays than any other team in baseball. And not the, the least reason being that they desperately, desperately need his bat. You know, the Dodgers don't get Shohei Otani. Guess what? They're going to win the West. The Cubs don't get Shohei Otani. Oh, they're still the Cubs. People seem to like them more when they lose anyhow. Yeah, um, true. Right? So uh, the Angels don't get him. I mean, they couldn't win with him. So what's going to happen without him? Guess what? They probably won't win. The one team where it could really make a difference, I think, is the Blue Jays. Um, before I let you go, Jeff, obviously, um, being a fan, you're allowed to fantasize. You're allowed to get excited about things. <clears throat> is there the possibility that if they sign Shohei, they make the Soto deal too? I don't think so, unless the unless George Springer is part of the Soto deal. Um, is there a possibility and, that could happen? I mean, the, the thing is, when San Diego originally approached the, the, the Yankees, one of the things they said to the Yankees is, look, in addition to Juan Soto, we'd love you to take Trent Grisham or Jake Cronenworth off our hands. Now, both of those guys have long-term contracts. Um, you know, Jake Cronenworth, if he's, you know, there is a way, a world in which he fits into the Blue Jays lineup at second base. But if, if the, if the Padres are trying to get somebody to take a bad contract along with Soto, the Jays just can't do that. 
the Jays can't do that. And, and, and that makes me wonder that, okay, if that's the Padres approach, would they be willing to take on George Springer's contract? Like it doesn't seem as if they would, right? If you're trying to get rid of a bad contract, yeah. when you trade Juan Soto, it wouldn't make an awful lot of sense to take on a bad. And when I say bad contract, I'm, what I mean is a contract that you know, is the players getting older, you're getting diminishing returns, a contract that two years down the road, isn't going to make sense, I guess is the way I put it. So, yeah, I don't, I've always operated under the assumption it will be either or with the Blue Jays. If they don't get Otani, uh, if I'm the Blue Jays, I pivot very quickly and I go after Juan Soto. And I really don't care what it takes to get him out of my minor league system because, again, um, if you trade Ricky Tiedemann and he turns into a, a terrific pitcher, uh, it may not matter to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro because if they don't win in the next couple of years, and, and Ricky Tiedemann turns into a perfect pitcher three years down the road. It's not going to be their problem. It's going to be somebody else's problem to deal with. Uh, real quick, just uh, our my producer, our producer Patrick had this uh, observation. <laughs> Ross looked pretty calm yesterday. Hey, he looked like he knew something. Jeff, I'm totally overreading the situation, but he looked like a guy who kind of was like, yeah, this is really close right now. He looked very calm and confident at the GM meetings. I'm totally overreading the situation, right? Because this is what we do in these types of things. You know what? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I saw his media availability and I saw John Schneider's media availability. John Schneider's pretty quick in his feet. Um, that's not something I would say is one of Ross's strengths, yeah. to be honest. And and I found his reaction. I thought it either means one, they know where it's going, yeah, and it's going in their favor, or two. They know where it's going, and they're comfortable that they did the best they could to, to mm. get Shohei Otani. And when I heard Dave Roberts, the one thing when, when Dave Roberts made that comment, that almost made me think that, that Dave Roberts is pretty confident that either they're going to get him or they're not going to get him. Like that comment came from a guy who I, I think anyhow has a pretty good read on where it's going. Do you think if they sign him that Ross will go down the slide? <laughs> He should. Uh, I do know one thing about Ross. Uh, Ross does enjoy his beer. Oh. So, oh. Um, it, you know, it's. It, I will say this. If Shohei Otani signs with the Blue Jays, it's a, it'll be a very good thing that the river rides stop at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say one thing I know about Ross is he's a big slide guy. <laughs> No, I, I don't. I don't imagine him being a big slide guy. But uh, I, yeah, I can. Uh, I, I think the bar tab would be extremely interesting if uh, yeah. if Shohei Otani signs with the Blue Jays. Uh, man, Blair, I keep saying, oh, one more question. Last question. I should stop doing that. One, one more quick thing. How yeah. on high alert are you and Kevin Barker when when doing an emergency podcast? If this actually happens, like checking your phone all the time? Because obviously, like, you guys both have to spring into action if this is official. Yeah, I, I would say we're on pretty high alert, but I will say one thing. Michael Grange told me something when the whole Kawhi Leonard nonsense was going on in yeah. Toronto. Grange deleted his Twitter app from his phone. Really? And, and, you know, I've done the same thing. So what I'm doing is basically I'm, I've got my laptop. Yeah. I'll, re- I'll go on every hour or so, check Twitter, 
but it's just, it, it would drive me nuts. It would drive me nuts otherwise to be on it and be constantly, constantly refreshing it. But yeah, I think we're, uh, we're ready to go. And I, I mean, I'll tell you, it's, uh, there are a lot of things I've done in this business and a lot of things I've talked about in this business. I never thought I'd be talking about, uh, Shohei Otani coming to the Blue Jays is oh. something I never, 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 never envisioned. Uh, Never envisioned. And it could potentially happen. And we'd love to have you on on the show if it's actually official again as soon as possible. Blair, Mr. Blair, always a pleasure. Thanks for this, pal. Good stuff, boys. Be well. There he is, Jeff Blair, the host of Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. The Cobra's in studio right now. The Cobra has landed. He's he's flying cobras. You want you want you want to be a part of our text? You want to you want to do like um, put him on the board? You want want to be the early? You want to come on right now? Yeah. All right, here. I'll turn it on. Turn on your mic. Get this man some cans. Get the man some cans. He needs. He loves his radio jargon. Yes. His yep. radio lingo. Yeah. Here, Careful. here's some cans. It's gonna be loud for turn you. Turn it down. Turn it down. Turn it down. Yeah, yeah. I got it down. I got it down. I got it down. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta change it too. Push oh, the button. Yeah. My God. Push that okay. button. Yeah. Change that. Like Move that over. Like Rotate that. Yeah. One more. There you go. Each. How's your can? Live radio at its finest. Yep. Yeah. Literally live radio. Yep. Good stuff. We're good. You We're good? On. I'm in. Okay. Uh, Mr. Brent Cron, I'm going to do the whole. All kind door services re coming up at the top of the hour. Yes, but uh, we're playing Impossible Flames trivia at eight thirty, so we got to give away day three of our twelve days of Christmas from our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. You ready for today's question? If you didn't listen on the way in, yes. Shame on you. Yes. Obviously. Uh, the Flames start games like it takes me to start blank. Oh. The Flames start <laughs> games like it takes me to start blank. Mm-hmm. Nine sixty nine sixty. Of course, Texty McTexterson yes. is our Sportsnet nine sixty to fan texturing robot who is. Far and away, the number one radio personality on this radio station. And eventually, we'll take over all of our jobs. <laughs> and I welcome our AI overlords. Can't uh, wait. Please uh, let me survive. Yeah, bring uh, it on. Go ahead, uh, uh, Patrick. What do we got on the text line? Corey in Lacombe, like Murray Edwards, commits to a rebuild. Look out, pow! Look out! Ha-ha! Nice. All right, next. Jason in Airdrie, Flames start their games like I start my housework on my days off. Okay. We can all, we can all relate to that though. Like that, it that takes, that, it that takes time. Home. Yeah, you procrastinate. Yeah. You're stuck in the mud. See, mine's not the same because that would imply that I actually do start at some point. I just keep procrastinating and then just kind of okay. Move I still have to, to put task. Christmas lights up and and I haven't done that yet. Okay. Yeah. Right. You're a busy guy. You're I a am. mover and shaker. I am a mover city. and shaker. You're, you're I, darn would, right. Would you say you're more of a mover or a shaker? I'm more of a shaker. Okay, I thought so. Darian in Calgary, my lawnmower in the spring. Yeah, we got a lot of these lawnmowers. Yeah, he was the first one, so he got in. (laughs) It's a good way to it's a good way to tear your rotator cuff when you're trying to get that thing going in the spring. Like, come on, baby. If you incorporate into your dance moves throughout the winter, though, the old lawnmower will keep that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old lawnmower, lawnmower cutting a rug across the dance floor. Now, do you prefer the lawnmower or the sprinkler when you're on the dance floor? Ah, the lawnmower, sprinkler. Have you done the microwave? Uh, have you done the shopping cart? I, I have. Was shopping, say shopping cart. cart yeah, that's staple. a staple. Yeah. yeah, it's a classic. It's yeah. a good wedding one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're half in the bag. <laughs> like Maddie and I are getting day drunk today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get day wasted. Yeah. You want to yeah. come? I do, actually. Okay. Yeah, 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 you should. We'll get you. Oh, did you RSVP? No, I didn't Support. get I didn't get it. I didn't get the invite. Oh. Okay, we'll get you in. Yeah. We'll get him in. You know who's fault mother bleeping cron, the Cobra. That's right. I'll walk in there and just. Yeah, like you own it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, let's go. Let's keep going. Dustin in Langdon. 
flame start games like I start my hump day morning listening to my favorite morning show talk about getting gunned at 1 p.m. off shots and chucking dehydrated pee bags. Happy hump day. Yeah. Again, we keep it classy. Wow, on this we show. really have been all over the place. Today. Yeah, <laughs> we are. That was all today, huh? Yeah. We're really uh, two letters short of class. <laughs> the, two, the two S's. Class. Class. Yeah. Claw. Dallas in Lethbridge. Flames take time to start games like Joey Chestnut's bowels after the Eric Francis pizza pig out. Listen. Well, that's clever. High fiber. Like high yeah. fiber. I'm a big fan of my man, Joey Chestnut. I think he's still alive. Like I, he went to crazy you think he's still in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, he went to Thailand and nobody's heard of him since. Oh. <laughs> Probably just threw his Joey Chestnut. Did you, we we his phone in the river? We should get yeah. his phone number. So we had him. I do have his phone we, number. We have his phone number. Just call him. No, but I want it. Uh, I want oh, okay. I want his personal number so I can just you. reach right. out. So no, you can be like the most famous person in your phone? Uh I think he would be. Yeah, he would be. I think mine's Elliot Freeman. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I used to have Freeman's No, no, number. no, no. Forget that. I have Joe Montana's number. Do you really? Ooh, yeah. That, Did he give you a fake one? A dummy one? No, I have a real Joe Montana. He just ghosted me, but oh, I have his yeah, number. Of course. But Here's I know my number. But I know it's his real number. Call me sometime, and then you know they just what? look at it and go, oh. Yeah, call me, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just found a big one. Yeah. Uh, I got Alex Brody's number in here. Oh, oh okay. Former, uh, former big show op. Settle down over there. Okay, yeah. let's do two more, because we got to give something away. Two more? There's there's so many to go. Is there a good one? more time later though yeah. no we Brian from Brooks oh, the flames start games like it takes me to start hanging up my Christmas lights that's why I just leave them up year round <laughs> that's a guy speaking to you <laughs> yes. Mr. Brinkron he's touching my heart right there I yeah. like that one give that man the prize who was that that was Brian okay I like Brian's mm -hmm. okay Christian in Creekside the flames start games like it takes me to give a when a co-worker starts telling me their problems <laughs> yeah, I like that okay. one a lot. I love that yeah, one. Yeah, that's kind of me. Yeah. Okay. I don't care. You, when you ask, hey, how you doing? And then they just go, well, this and that. Uh, and they're like, no. like, I don't really oh, want to no. know. Wow. Okay. All yeah. right. I'm going to stand over there now. <laughs> hope, hope everything works out. It was out. more of a rhetorical yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chris in Calgary, the flames start games like I start my afternoon poop. I relax, play on my phone a little, and daydream nonchalantly until I realize I was drinking at lunch and I'm actually sitting on a urinal, and my boss just walked in yelling to get my together and get back to work <laughs> come on really Whoa. you're pooping at the Whoa. urinal Whoa. come on man at 1 p.m that at one, one had an m night Shyamalan twist to it like how buckled do you have to be to be pooping at a urinal you gotta be like sports at 960 that's holiday like, party that's in the like day. one of those things where like you're peeing in like your laundry basket because right. you're so buckled right or you like, just on, or you, you're just in need and you there's there's, there's, <laughs> a, there's, a, dis, there's a distance you have to to uh, is it really portage, the portage. Is it really that? That's, far? A, that's quite the term to use. It is. It's great. Portage from the door of the public <laughs> washroom to. Yeah. Oh, the stalls are too far. <laughs> Where next? And last one. Okay. Jamie and Airdrie, the flames start games like I start my Christmas shopping. They wait until the third. I wait until the twenty-third. Nice. <laughs> Which one do you like the most? <laughs> There's some good ones there. Which one do you like? I like Brian. All right. Brian. Want to replay Brian's one? Brian from Brooks. The flames start games like it takes me to start hanging up my Christmas lights. <laughs> That's why I just leave them up year round. Congratulations, Brian from Brooks. You've won day three of our Wild Rose Brewery, uh, 12 Days of Christmas. You can thank the Cobra because he just picked you. Uh, what do we got in the, um, the, uh, the, the radio advent calendar? What do we got today, Mr. Uh, GDP? 
It's a $50 gift card to the tap room. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. It's a good price. Yo, if I'm walking into vacay with 50 bucks, yeah. I'm feeling like Jeff Bezos. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, let's go. You're going to divorce your wife and then she immediately becomes the richest woman in the world? (laughs) Just helping people out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Philanthropist. Uh, Wadrose Brewery has been serving up premium craft beer to Albertans since 1996. Whether you're looking for finely tuned craft lager or a robust porter, they've got something for everyone. Find them around Alberta and at your tap room in the Curry Barracks. Straight ahead, the Cobra on the Flames (laughs) 5-2 loss. My theory on why Dustin Wolf should play on Saturday. Ooh. And uh, we'll play some Impossible Flames trivia. It's all straight ahead in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. And man, are we late. Sports at 960, the fan.